This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey loves, welcome to a new episode of the podcast. Um, Apologies for this one being going up a little late. It's still Friday, so it's not too bad, but typically I do them Thursday evenings, but I am moving very quickly and things are crazy. (laughs) So um, I'm just permissioning myself to be really in the uh, happening when it happens framework if it's not absolutely supposed to happen. So thank you, but you're still getting your episode, which is lovely for me and hopefully for you. Uh, I'm so excited. I've been wanting to do an episode on the ACEs for a long time, and this is very special because this is one of our episodes that have a free bonus lesson accompanied with it, um, which you can access by clicking the link on the show notes. Or if you don't understand show notes, you can go to my Instagram, click on the link on my profile, and you will see a little thing, a little link that says free bonus lesson on the ACEs. And you will click that And if you pop your email in, you'll get it sent to you right away. Um, that just have some exercises and some spreads all about this, um, these wonderful cards. And I think that, that, you know, it's interesting. I've been teaching tarot for a long time, professionally. I've been reading for over 20 years. And in my time, both as a reader and as a teacher, the aces, incredibly enough, are the place that my students tend to get stuck the most. Because they seem like everybody loves the aces in the tarot. And it seems really obvious what they are. We can understand it from an intellectual perspective. Then when they come up in a reading, the information or the question that I get the most about them is, yeah, but what do I do with them? Like, what what does it mean? I don't get it. And I think this is actually quite common, which was why I was sort of inspired to talk about it and to do an episode about it because, you know, we spend lots of time breaking down super intense cards like, you know, judgment or, you know, even cards like the devil and my career and my life is devoted to inviting people into soul-centered medicinal interpretations of the tarot as opposed to the sort of patriarchal, excuse me, um, you know, constructs that we've had for decades. Um, And I know I'm not alone in people sharing their own interpretations of, you know, spikier cards and even delicious cards, you know, um, like, yeah, you've all been listening for a while. You understand what I'm about. (laughs) Um, But the aces, um, they get overlooked because they seem so great and everyone loves the aces, but they're not quite sure why they do. And then when they get them, there can, there can for many people really feel like there's just sort of this sense of like, okay, am I waiting for this to like come in and do something? Am I supposed to do something? What does this mean? So that's the inspiration for talking about this today. So this lesson may be shorter. And I mean, I think I said this about last lesson and it was a little shorter actually, but, um, 
you know that I can talk, so it might not be. <laughs> but uh, I'm basically going to talk about what the aces are from the perspective of soul tarot, what we do with them, how we can understand them, how we can begin to sort of open and widen the capacity of our intimacy and our receiving with these cards so that when they come up for us in readings, we really have a sense of like, oh, I know you. And um, of course, my interpretations and my lessons are not to be taken as gospel. Ideally, once you've heard what I've had to say, you go out and you make your own connections and you develop your own relationships. Like how boring would it be if we stopped where teachers taught? I mean, I haven't stopped where I taught either. So let's, let's you not do it too. <laughs> um, okay. So one of the most, you know, we all, we all understand what the aces are, right? We understand it. I really believe energetically, we have this understanding, this sense of what they are. That's like this, this new beginning, this kind of burst. And we all have this kind of sense that they're positive, you know, that's a very, uh, usually I don't use words like that, but in, in laying the foundation, I think, you know, there's speaking to kind of the lizard brain. We, we all have cards that the lizard brain goes bad card, good card. And it takes a lot of work to rewire that. <clears throat> I would say like, now I can pull five of cups and be like, oh, great. I can like, process my grief. This is great. Um, but it took a long time to get there. And, and I think that that's worthy of saying, but I do think the aces in general are cards that we, we love and, you know, we, we want, even if we're not quite sure what it is that they do. So there's this positive, um, there's this wonderful positive association, I think for many people with the aces. And I think as it often is with the more uh, I don't want to say positive cards of the tarot because, again, you know that I don't really believe in that But because all cards are bringing medicine. But the sweeter cards rather than the more bitter cards or the spikier cards or the cards that have um, thorns on them or, you know, kind of have more of an acidic taste. But the sweet cards, the honeyed cards of the tarot that are just so easy, you know, that sweeten up the whole reading – it can feel challenging with some of those sweet cards to know what it is that they're doing, which is sort of the interesting, as a teacher, the interesting offset of the cards that are spiky versus the cards that are sweet. And for those of you who are new or who kind of don't know what I'm talking about, this is the way that I teach. And it's the way that it's, these are teachings that I've developed over years. I've never had a teacher in this area of my life. And, um, this is the way I teach people to read tarot. So if it doesn't resonate with you, obviously like there's the door, it's totally fine. There's so many tarot teachers out there for everybody. Um, and if you're interested in going deeper, my, um, I have a very big online course called tarot for the wild soul that happens in May this year. Usually it happens in March and you can go deeper in that. But in that course, and really in all I do, we talk about the idea that all tarot cards do bring medicine, and there's a lot of attention that is usually paid to the cards that feel hard because we want to be able to open our receptivity to them and heal some of that fear, take some of that charge away. But I, I think that the opposite can happen with cards that are really sweet where we go, 
oh my God, this is great. And we don't know why they're great. And we have a tendency sometimes to bypass our feelings of discomfort that are good information that can come up around sweeter cards. We can bypass those because we can think like, Ace of Cups is like a great thing. It's great. We don't always know why it's great. So I wanted to speak to that because I think that this is a very common thing. And I think that if you've been a person who's been like, I love the aces and I couldn't tell you what the hell they're asking me to do or <laughs> like what they're here for, or what I like, what's the invitation? I have no clue, um, but I know I like them. You are not alone. I think that's many of us. So that's kind of where I want to start is, is that piece, that idea. So aces um, initiate our minor suit. And in Soul Tarot, the minor arcana, and by the way, this is not super specific to Soul Tarot. Many people would say the same thing, but I'm just honoring my own work. Um, the majors are the big sweeping evolutionary energies, the things that we can't control. There's so many things in this life we can't control that we're being asked to surrender to. To, to respond to, to react to, to find a way to be with rather than to try to drip, grip, control, make happen. Those are the majors. And the, the work that we do in the course of the fool's journey is to say, okay, I bow to this too. May this current, may this wave of medicine, this wave of evolution take me into the ocean with it and then spit me back out, grown changed, different. And we do that over and over and over again. And that it's a perfect parallel to the more spiralic, um, you know, macrocosm. That's how I teach the majors is that it's the macrocosm. It's not always going to be super specific or in the nitty gritty of your life. Minor arcana of which the, the aces are a part of are the nitty gritty. They are, um, you know, majors are the macrocosm. Minors are the microcosm. Minors are down in the dirt and minors are here to help us learn how to be on this earth, how to deal with the human day-to-day -day shit. In all 40 of the minors, we have jealousy, we have, um, grief, we have despair, we have patience when we're so fucking ready to have something grow. We have um, the mastery and the magic that comes with working hard and working in repetition. We have um, what it is to learn to recenter through, you know, choices that don't really serve us, what it is to actually take personal responsibility. We have loving the self. We have um, really, it runs the gamut from the whole experience. And the aces kick off all four minor journeys in cups, wands, pentacles, and swords. So we can think of the major, or geez, we can think of the aces as both the seed and the spark. And the way that we can think about that is that aces are one, but they're also zero, which means that each ace is a combination of fool and magician energy. We're combining these two things to create an earthly experience that blends together in each ace, spirit and human. 
we're coming together in some way. There's an offering in each ace. There's something that's being gifted, granted. There's an extension of the divine um, source universe, you know, uh, you know, that, that there's an extension of divine in some way with each ace. The key and the thing that can change our entire relationship with the aces is to understand our job with an ace is not to be passive, but to be active. In each ace in the Smith Rider Waite Tarot deck, which of course is not the end all be all, but it is a backbone. And I think there's something to it insofar as the iconography goes with aces, certainly. But we have the offering of each element, be it pentacle, sword, cup, you know, or chalice, um, etc., wand. And we have an offering from a disembodied little cloud hand, the purest form of the suit is being offered to us. That's a full thing. The fool is card zero and it exists both in the world and not in the world. It's kind of like a, an in utero creature or person or animal. We can think of this baby in utero or this some um, little um, pup in utero or, you know, whatever we want to imagine as being um, very much in the world. They're alive um, and yet not, not in the world. So there is, <clears throat> there is a really profound way of looking at that and saying, you know, this thing is not yet born into the world and yet here it is. You know, here it is in this kind of other, uh, you know, in its kind of womb space right now. So that's the idea of the disembodied hand of spirit of the universe handing us down a pure, a pure form of whatever suit we're working in, regardless of what ace. Very powerful, very powerful. So that's fool. It's up in the ethers. It's not quite here. The job of the fool, the invitation of the fool is to take the leap from the liminal space to the, to really the earthly space, not necessarily so much about the earthly, earthly, but the fool is really the one minor that is dependent on choice. We have to choose and really with everything there's choice, um, and we can either say with regard to the fool, no, I will not do this. Or we can say, yes, I will. I will say yes to my soul leap. And we can also deny it with the fool. It makes things way harder. But if we're willing to make that leap, the rest of the journey can initiate. We can stay stuck in the fool forever. Um, but we all have that um, path laid for us because we were born. We came from a liminal space into an earthly space. We, we do remember all of us somewhere it's in the cells because we've walked through it. So with the aces, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, not fun to listen to. I'm actually going to take a drink of water. Moving is hard and stressful. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. So with the aces, we have this kind of, um, we have this offering from something bigger than us. There's a magic 
Um, there's an initiatory quality to the minors that start with a synergy. Now, our job, our part, and where the magician of it all comes in is that it's part of our job to reach up to that hand and take the element. That's the piece that most people miss. That's the people, that's the, that is the difference between kind of understanding the idea of an ace and embodying an ace, living an ace, which is what we're doing. It's the spark in a seed because the spark comes from a resource that we don't necessarily know or understand. Where does Ace of Wands come from? Where does inspiration come from? You know, where do these flashes of knowing or insight, where do downloads come from? We are these living antenna. We're these columns of magic and of pure possibility that are just constantly, constantly moving through us in these, in these ways that are remarkable, right? And there have been so many stories about ideas, songs, books, poems, little, um, you know, little chords or little lines for all kinds of different things that have just come through. Everything I've ever done has been kind of channeled through that spark. And aces have that quality, that magical quality that's like, something's coming in from the great unknown. Something's coming in from somewhere totally unknown to us and striking our channel in some way, tapping, saying, hey, I have something for you. And it can initiate a whole earthly journey if you want it to, if you're willing to go on the journey. It'll, like a little domino effect, bring forward all different kinds of energies here that can help you move from ace to 10, that can help you become a master, more understanding of yourself, that can help you um, know yourself better, have deeper intimacy, deepen your practices in some way. It's an offering from spirit that says, I have an invitation for you to expand. Will you take it? We forget that we actually have to take these things. And if you're sitting there being like, well, I remember one time pulling Ace of Wands and I wanted to take it, but I had no fucking idea what I was being offered. What am I being offered? And I want to speak to that too. Aces can sometimes come down in a reading and there's no earthly reflection of what it is that they're doing. We're not talking about, um, we pull Ace of Cups, all of a sudden there's a lover and we go, oh my God, this person's it. And then we get married. It's totally not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the, is the impulse in us. It's the choosing of the self re specific to the ACE that it, um, corresponds to. So with ACE of cups, and we'll obviously talk about this when we get to card theory, we're talking about choosing our heart. We're talking about choosing to love ourselves, choosing to be with ourselves in a way that is extraordinary, in a way that is life-changing, in a way that when the brain comes in and says, you're not lovable, you did this thing, you did that thing, which is so common, we can say, and I'm worthy of love, and I love myself. Even if I don't believe it right now, I'm willing to speak it, I'm willing to name this in this moment so that I don't continue to get bossed around by shame or fear. 
very bold, not so sweet, (laughs) can be very confronting. Ace energy can bring up all the things it's supposed to. It's a spark. It's here to light up the dark places. It's here to bring forward an understanding. It's here to initiate something new. It's here to get us to think differently. It is the initiator of a new cycle. You know, it's the end of something that we're no longer meant to hold or carry and the beginning of something new. I got to tell you something. Where I'm moving to is like kind of in the middle of a forest and uh, I'm ready to not have sirens interrupt these goddamn recordings every five seconds. That's going to be really nice for you and for me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're initiators of a new cycle. It's Uh, but we have to do our part and take them. And that's the aces really encompass this understanding that I think is so crucial for all of us on the path of seeking or all of us on the path of spirituality, which is really that we often assume that we need to be in total surrendered receptivity, which is great by the way, but It is a two-way co-creative space that we're occupying here in these human bodies. Spirit can give us an idea, but then we can take that idea and run with it and make it way bigger than anything that spirit had to offer us. We can um, get a little nudge somewhere, and all of a sudden this one little nudge leads to a huge thing. We do have free will here. We are always in co-creation with spirit. Things can't come through us without the human peace. And it's very hard to go as far as we may want to go without marrying the human peace to something bigger than us in terms of just the great universal space of inspiration and divinity. So that's really where we marry together the fool, which is that liminal in the world, not in the world, anything's possible, you know, um, choosing the self, leaping with the soul, and the magician who is somebody who has taken full energy and grounded it into practices and into a way of relating to tools. And that's where we have this kind of synthesis between fool and magician. Anytime we work with any ace, no matter what ace it is, no matter kind of what element it corresponds to, the aces are the, are the spark that light up, that initiate new cycles, new ideas, new, um, new experiences, new pathways, new journeys in our lives. It's also, all of them are seeds. So this is a very broad, you know, idea and broad meaning, um, really more, more of an obvious idea, not so much broad, but very obvious idea. You know, when we look at an ace, And when we look at the idea that we're going from the ace to the 10, we're starting with a seed here in the ace and we're coming into a full harvest in the 10. Now, depending on the 10 that we move into, because I think we've talked about the 10s on this podcast before, at least some of them. And in those descriptions, even if we're talking about one, I'm going to talk about the whole uh, number suit or whatever, um, the whole numerology of the 10 and, um, With the tens, depending on whether or not you get, you know, no matter what in any 10, 
we're harvesting. It's harvest time. And we're, we're looking at what have we been growing? What have we been creating? What have we been bringing down into being here? Like what exactly have we been doing? And in some of the tens, it's appropriate to compost some of that harvest. With, with Ten of Wands, for example, that's a really big clarion call that says, are you holding on to too much? Is it important now at this point in your life to bring in help? Is it important if you want to keep going on your journey to learn that you have to share you know, your work, your resources, you know, are you, have you alienated everyone? I find that that's quite rare with 10 of wands, but you know, I know people ask that question. Um, and it can happen. I've done it where I've been like, you know, I I have to do all of this on my own and it's kind of like, well, why, (laughs) you know, so those questions are important. And, um, then, but, but it starts with the seed. It starts with that seed and whether or not we're keeping the whole harvest or composting, it really doesn't matter. We're starting with a seed that we have to plant. It's not that the seed gets planted for us. The seed gets put in our hand. Then we have to go to the soil, plant it, water it, and let the sun and the water do its job. This is why the aces don't always look like anything when they come up, are not always clear what they're corresponding to because they're seeds. And when we're given a seed, it's often very difficult to imagine what that seed will one day bloom into versus what it looks like in our hand, which is just kind of a seed. And this is the key, again, that I've repeated a couple times. We have to take the energy. We have to literally reach up and take it when we know that we're in it. We have to reach for it. We have to plant it. We have to see how it germinates. We have to see what it what it wants and needs. We have to take care of it. This is a journey and a process. And even though these energies are really big sparks, it's not all they are. They're not only big sparks, they're also very, very slowly growing, slowly evolving seeds that are turning from one seed to a big tree or to an orchard of trees or to wheat or whatever you may want to say. So that's what it is to be a magician, the spark and the fool, the seed. The fool is a long energy that starts with zero and really weaves in and out of every really every card and every moment that we live our lives actually, because the fool is the essence of what it is to be an alive person in these bodies, but actually souls. Um, so the magician's the spark and the fool is the seed. And when both of them come together, there's an alchemy that can happen where we understand that we are setting an intention. And in this way, the aces are the new moon and the tens are the full moon. Now that's only a half a moon cycle, so it's a little odd, but I think it's true that um, aces are pure new moon energy. When we set an intention in the new moon, we don't know what's going to happen with that. We're setting the intention. It doesn't immediately come at the new moon. It may come at the next new moon. So the aces in and of themselves could be, you know, a full moon cycle. And the 10, you know, full moons are, are absolutely beautiful, but they're not... They're definitely for harvesting and they're definitely where we reach a certain cycle of completion and kind of whether we like it or not, we're reviewing what it is that we have cultivated. 
So to put this all in very plain terms, the aces are wonderful, but they're not quite what they seem. They're not as obvious as what they seem. And we do a disservice to ourselves to just kind of blind, blindly say like, oh my God, the aces are like so magical. And, and I think that's great. Like say it, shout it, call it on the mountain, <laughs> you know, like say it all you want. But I think that we, again, do a disservice to ourselves to not, to not name the power in the initiatory process of the ace and the idea that when we get these cards, we're learning what it is to co-create with spirit in an earthly way. We're learning what it is to, to be aware and say, oh, this is an opportunity. This is a spark that's coming down through my channel in some way that I may not be able to fully understand right now, but it is there. And more than anything, this is a seed that's really providing for me the, um, potential of something. It's up to me to take this potential, plant it, tend it, and watch it bloom through my hard work, through my willingness, through my grit, through my determination, you know, through my openness, through my heart, through my mind, whatever it is. And from there, we can really begin to, um, develop, deepen, make more intimate, our relationship with these very, very magical seeds, very magical sparks of potential and inspiration. You know, it's a very, aces are incredibly profound and also like Wheel of Fortune, Wheel of Fortune really behaves this way. One of those cards, Wheel of Fortune, that's so unbelievably spectacular and yet kind of means nothing um, when you pull it. It's what you do with it. It's how you stay present with it. It's how you stay at the center of the wheel that really changes everything. So, um, yeah. So why don't we go through all those aces one by one and we'll see what they're bringing for us. So let's start with, you know, a card that we mentioned before, ace of cups. So the cup suit is here to help us to embrace our emotional life and to trust our emotions, which is really important to make room for our emotions. And in the cup suit, there are all, I mean, there's joy, there's celebration, there's grief, there's longing, there's pain, there's heartbreak, there's, um, you know, there's leaving behind, there's making wishes, there's being available to the joy that's present. Um, there's, many, many, many remarkable things that happen in the course of the cup suit. And for many of us, um, our emotional life is really quite vivid internally, but we don't really give ourselves space to feel those things. And the ace of cups helps to initiate that cycle so that we can go on a journey of, you know, diving into those sore, tender places and, and, learning what it is to be present for these emotions that we'd kind of rather run away from, um, learning what that means for us, you know, and how, how that looks like, you know, what that looks like in our lives. And it starts with the offering of the Ace of Cups. So here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to go into kind of all of the detail that's on a card in a specific deck. We're just really going to talk about them, um, very, uh, in a very 
kind of general way so that anyone, no matter what deck they're using, can apply this. And if you want to go into more detail, you can take my course. Um, so this idea of Ace of Cups is not, not, not the symbol that you're going to meet somebody special. It just ain't. It ain't. Somebody might come along around the same time, but I'm going to tell you what, what the Ace of cup me- Cups means, truly means, regardless of whether or not you have someone exciting romantically in your life or not, um, which by the way, applies to the entire cup suit. The cup suit has nothing to do with emotional love. Absolutely nothing. And you know why? Because not everybody dates. And if there's anything about the tarot that we say is a rule about the tarot that doesn't apply to every human being that's ever lived, it doesn't apply, period. So we just need to do better. It's old, heteronormative, like, bullshit, basically, that the cup suit has to do with romantic love or in some way finding our our beloved, which is a beautiful part of life, not a part that everybody really feels any resonance toward and not a part that everyone will necessarily even want to engage in. So let's just evolve and, you know, grow a little bit beyond what like the last hundred years has told us the cups are and do a little critical thinking, right? So the cups are a suit above all things of loving ourselves loving ourselves enough to come back home to the emotions that feel so hard to make space for. It's a form of love. It's one of the deepest forms of love to say, you know, you're in grief right now, self, and I want to make exquisite space for that. You're in celebration right now. I want to make space for that. I want to celebrate with you. I want to grieve with you. I want to hold you while you grieve, while you, while you, um, have joy while you make wishes, while you uh, leave behind what you've known and move out into the wild unknown, which is what the, you know, eight of cups does. So the seed and the spark with the cup suit is the ace of cups. And it says, can you love yourself? Can you drink of the infinite ancient essence that is yourself? Can you say yes, even if you don't buy it, even if you don't feel it? Can you say yes to yourself because you're your first kid? You're your first parent, really? You're your first lover, you know? Like, in ways that are true, even if it's not true in an earthly sense. You're the original lover, the original kid, the original parent, whether you're the first or not, you know? It's very powerful and it can bring up a lot of stuff. And the Ace of Cups doesn't mean we're going to feel loving to ourselves because feelings don't always match the facts. But it does mean that we choose ourselves in some way, that we start thinking about what it is to choose ourselves. So I ask you, Do you regularly sacrifice what you want to do for the good of other people? Do you go down to your parents' place because you know they want to see you, but you don't really want to see them? Do you say yes to staying late at work when you really have a deep, strong knowing not to, that it's out of alignment, but you do it because of X, Y, Z? Do you 
sacrifice what you want in relationships? Do you take shit from your friends when you really shouldn't? Do you throw yourself under the bus? That's all ace of cup stuff. And that's all work that we're doing. So if your brain tries to be like, oh my God, like you're so bad at that. Just tell it to turn tail and climb over and go back into the back seat because everybody does this. That's why the card exists. So we can be reminded that the journey of the cup suit starts when we choose ourselves. So think about that, what that comes up, what comes up for you when you think about that. Choosing ourselves is an invitation that can come in many forms. It, again, can be like, actually, no, I'm not going to do that today. Or actually, no, that comment did really hurt my feelings or I don't want you in my life. I don't want to see you, you know, whatever it is. Um, And it comes our way in the form of, again, a spark of knowing and a seed. And it's up to us to plant it and see how it starts to initiate a cup suit journey in our lives. Ace of Swords is really traditionally like a card that is pretty traditionally taught of as a card of force or triumph, like somebody forcing their way in and like taking over a castle or something. Again, bullshit. It just isn't like period. It isn't. Um, it's really old. Nobody questions where they learn these things from not true. So let's talk about what's true about it. (laughs) Um, the sword suit asks us to explore our brain chemistry to master certain areas of brain chemistry. Mastery, not in terms of I am the master. Master in terms of like master's degree, as in logging in a certain amount of hours so that you have an understanding of something. With every single sword card, we get to explore one area of the way the mind works, um, how the mind will scramble and cover over all this heartbreaking grief and three of swords to keep us from going into the deep wounds. It tries to protect by pulling us into all kinds of mental loops and cycles um, and that we can radically transform when we choose to go to the wounds of the heart rather than engage with the mind. Um, We learn how to take mental breaks. We learn how to recenter when we've made a choice that we don't, um, we don't feel comfortable with. Um, we learn to ask for help in this card when we can't really see what's true for us in this suit rather. Um, We learn how to trust that we have everything we need to come back to the present. We learn how to see when we're actually free, even if we might feel that we're trapped. We learn how to work through fear, certainly, and we learn how to absolve old mental cycles. There's huge, huge, completely life-changing work that we do in the swords. And the ace of swords, the seed and the spark there is... Can you think about something differently than you do? Are you being invited to communicate something that is really indicative of your pure truth, even if you're scared? Are you being asked to bring down an idea? Do you have an idea in some way? Do you have the germ of an idea? Is there something that you've been thinking about moving you know, having a baby, getting a dog, writing a book, all kinds of different things that could be coming up for you. Um, Shifting your work or trying something new at your job, you know, whatever it is. Really powerful, 
we can begin thinking about, you know, how does this work for me when I engage with Ace of Swords? How, how am I being asked to relate to my mind differently? What wants to come through in this way that maybe is a little different than how I previously might have thought about it? You know, what wants to come through that's different? And what seeds can we plant there that can provide the opportunity to move through all kinds of limiting mental cycles to get through to the liberation underneath it? How can we become more acquainted with the brilliance of our mind that happens underneath all of the human feelings, doings, chemistry that we all experience? Ace of um, wands, uh, some people can feel a little confused because they can think, well, I thought wands was like fire and creativity and swords was like mental. And, you know, the swords and wands have definitely intersections because, um, all the suits do, we can make tremendous work. Um, I often have five of cups come up about a very specific, um, experience of fear that can sometimes come up for me that is triggered by work, um, by, by my work in this field. And, um, that really has everything to do with my heart and with, with a kind of a grieving, with a kind of a trust that is developed in the five. Um, but, uh, is triggered off by work. So that's why it's important not to ever limit these. They come through how they come through. Our job is to be open and to be learning from the cards, not to apply things to the cards. Hopefully that makes sense. <coughs> so Ace of Wands is really powerful in terms of its capacity to help us feel inspired. The wand suit in general really, you know, it's ruled by fire. Cups is ruled by water. Ace or swords are ruled by air. The wand suit is here to help us master and understand the way we expend and work with our life essence energy in the world. All of us are like little cars and we all have different kind of miles to the gallon. Some of us have a certain amount of spoons per day. Some of us have a certain, um, have a certain threshold that we hit regarding certain areas in our lives. All that's wands. Wands are the, are the eternal flame that gets tended. It does relate to the adrenals. It relates to burnout. It relates to all kinds of different things. But the one suit has to do with how do we channel and put out into the world ourselves in whatever way that that means, whether that be really low key or really high key, I guess, um, and still feel like we're maintaining an energetic equilibrium. And part of the gifts of the wands is that everybody's flame is a little different. So everybody's experience in the wands is going to feel super different. Usually the wands are really described, you know, in the Smith Rider weight, um, they're, a, they're really just a suit of hubris. Like if you look at it, some, you know, it's like a guy being super problematic that then winds up like carrying all of these 
huge wands by themselves. Um, and that's it, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's because he's continually, or they've continually made war, tried to conquer. And that's legitimate. We have to honor that that was the vision that they were going for. Is that the wands? Hell no. Is that really their essence, what they are? Absolutely not. And a lot of people have gone the opposite direction and been like, oh, it's just pure creativity. And it is that, but it is more than that. And it has to do with the way that we work from the flame and everyone's flame is different. So the wands may feel really sparkly and exciting and sexual for some and for other people, they're just kind of like, I don't even get it. So because I'm not like that, I'm really low key and I feel my feelings in my own way, but I do not feel like a fiery person at all. <clears throat> so it really, um, is about kind of those pieces and us discovering our own autonomous connection to wands. Um, but the ace of wands has to do with us lighting the flame in some way. Again, that spark of flint, right? Like literally starting a fire. And, you know, when we start a fire, um, we want to, you know, and we have our little tinder smoking, we want to blow on it and bring in some, energy from ourselves to get it going. And that's sort of what we mean by like taking the element and running with it. This is kind of what we mean by planting the seed. What steps are we taking to ensure that we are the co-creative partners in helping our inner flame light, helping our inner flame run? Do we have, again, similar to swords, but do we have an idea? Do we have a sense of something? Do we, or is it something way more esoteric than that? Is there some part of us that's not limited to anything creative or romantic or what, what have you? Is there something in us that's ready to light up, that wants to light up? Is there some kind of initiatory journey? some kind of journey of change or of transformation or of growth or of illumination? Is there some part of us that's kicking back up to life that maybe hasn't been lit in a while? And if so, how can we tend that? How can we plant that seed? How can we create more room for that to bloom and grow? That's what we're thinking about with that. And with the Ace of Pentacles, um, when we receive that card, we really are looking at the seed of the seed because this is the earth energy and pentacles. And again, everything that I'm saying about what the suits are, are very, they're completely specific to my teaching. So if you're like, I've never heard anyone talk about that. That's the point. I only share what I teach and what I teach is what I'm told by, by, by spirit. So that's it. Um, and, uh, again, if you want to learn more, you have this podcast, you have, future books that I might write and you have my course that comes out in May. So with the pentacle suit, um, in soul tarot, which again is the kind of tarot I teach, um, we have a journey of discovering what it is to live in alignment with our soul's purpose on earth. So essentially how to live spiritually, I guess you could say in a material world. The pentacles are not about money. So you can take that idea and you can throw it in the compost pile too. It's capitalist bullshit. We're here to undo that. We're here to rewild the tarot, period. It, pentacles are not about money. 
They are about our purpose. They are about our connection to the legacy that we're leaving on the planet. Can they extend to money? Sure. I think all the cards can. That's just my opinion. Um, If we're feeling like an earthly sense of connection to abundance is less than or lacking, we will feel it in that way. But it has a root system somewhere else um, as well, I believe. It really does have a root system elsewhere. Not that we're doing anything wrong, but I think that um, money is, I mean, so important, but again, not the end-all be-all for what this suit brings up. Any card in the swords and the cups, et cetera, can, can point a finger at, hey, let's look at like the stress or the experience right now around the earthly bank account, but it's not the definition. It's not the rule, not at all. So with the pentacles, we really want to look at this idea of what are we doing here? Like on the planet, (laughs) like what are we doing What's our purpose? Most of us are just like living out the day to day and I totally get it. Like that's even really kind of like a, I think it's a birthright question, but I also think it's a privileged question because many of us just don't have the space or time to consider that. And yet when Ace of Pentacles comes up, it does call us into that question. What are we doing here? What are we desiring here? So in whatever form this card may come up, it's letting us know whenever we pull Ace of Pentacles that it is coming forward as a real magical, again, seed that has to do with us beginning to live a life in alignment with our soul purpose. Whether we know it or not, whether we understand it or not, does not matter. You do not have to understand it. There's some kind of deep soul legacy change that's coming in the form of this card that asks us not to understand the how of it, but simply to plant it. So when Ace of Pentacles comes up, we can just simply say, okay, there's really something here that's getting planted that's really quite big. And I want to make space for that. So I'm going to just open myself and be able to say, hey, you know, right now I don't feel super connected to my life's purpose matching my soul purpose. I'm kind of confused. I don't really feel like I even have the time or the resources to even think about that. But I know I don't necessarily have to right now. I'm planting the seed for different things to come my way so that I can begin to make space for the soul work that wants to come through me. And that's how we begin those things. So Ace of Cups has to do with initiating a journey of total self choosing the deepest form of love. From there, we can then be free to bring someone in who chooses us to, if we even desire that. With Ace of Swords, we're learning how to trust and relate to the mind in some new way to our communication, to our thinking that helps us to become greater partners, greater understander, to initiate a deeper understanding of our own thinking and our own brain chemistry. Ace of Wands helps us to relate to our inner flame of inspiration in some new way. 
to what lights us up, what turns us on in whatever way responds or corresponds to us, to our individual kind of blueprint of how we move through the world. And from there, it will really set about a new relationship with what is our um, way of relating to our energetic capacities and how does that extend to the work we do in the world. With Ace of Pentacles, we're looking at what is the legacy I'm here to leave? How am I marrying my soul work and my life's work? Are they married? Are they not? If we're already living out a life in really deep alignment with our soul work, how do we... really deep alignment with our soul work. How do we continue to evolve on it? You know, that's all Ace of Pentacles, asking those questions, asking those crucial questions. And so we plant that seed in Ace of Pentacles that says, I recognize that something new is ready to be born here and I'm available to help tend this seed. Always to start thinking about Aces. And Ace reversed could have a million different um, ways of thinking about it. it could be that we feel like we have a great idea, but need to kind of go back to the drawing board in terms of how to execute the idea. So we may want to, you know, if we have an amazing download in Ace of Swords, um, but it's bigger than what we understand, we may want to hire some people to help us, you know, um, express the idea. If, um, Ace of Wands feels like it's really moving through us, but we feel maybe frustrated or a lack of understanding about how to channel that energy. We may want to do a little research on how we can um, maybe move that energy through our bodies in a way that feels right for us. It can be sometimes that Ace of Wands is like we have lots of ideas, but no energy to do it. So then it becomes about, you know, how can we be with that grief and really trust that when it's time, those ideas will come through. With Ace of Pentacles, it could be that we really desire to birth something through and it just doesn't seem to be coming. This is reversed. And um, to trust that it will in the time that it's meant to. And certainly with Ace of Cups, we can get that card reversed and think, I don't know how the fuck to choose myself. I don't know how to love myself. There's just no way. I'm trying, but I don't know the how of it. And that really starts a whole journey of learning to talk to our hearts and learning to say, what is it that you like? You know, it's just um, cultivating deeper communication insofar as that goes. Oh, ace power. Um, I hope that this serves and helps in your understanding and deepening of your journey and relationship with the aces. It's been an honor to serve you in this way. Again, if you want to go deeper and you want to have a free lesson related to the aces, you can click the link in the show notes. That'll take you right to the lesson. Um, or you can, if you don't understand show notes again, <laughs> you can, um, click the link in my Instagram profile. And again, you'll be able to download it. It's free. Um, I love you wild souls. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. 
To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.